Perverted. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa. The echo of empires may have faded, but their shadow still falls upon us. While flags may have changed, neocolonialism, a web of economic, political and cultural dominance, continues to exert its grip on many nations. It's a subtle beast, often masked in aid, trade deals and seemingly good intentions, yet its effects can be devastating. This is your host, Victor Anakin, and welcome to the Afroverdict podcast, where today we take a step into the For the Freedom of Nations Forum, a powerful gathering dedicated to exposing and dismantling these modern chains hosted in Moscow from 15th of February to 16th, 2024. We have the honor of being joined by two key figures in the struggle, the national spokesperson of the South African Communist Party and the ZANU-PF Secretary for Foreign Relations. They will join us to shed light on the alarming trends in Western policy that fuel neocolonialism from unfair trade practices to cultural manipulation. But more importantly, they'll share strategies for resistance and resilience. How can communities and nations build their own path to self-determination? What tools can they wield to break free from these invisible shackles? The fight for freedom is not simply a historical memory. It is a present-day struggle demanding our attention. This conversation is crucial for anyone who believes in a world where all nations, regardless of their past, can stand tall and free. Whether you're a student, an activist, or simply someone concerned about global injustice, this episode is for you. Without further ado, dear friends, let's welcome our first guest, Comrade Simbarashe Mubenge Gui, ZANU-PF Secretary for External Relations and Politburo member. Comrade Mumbengegui, thank you for joining the Afroverdict podcast uh, today with me. Against the backdrop of this forum of the supporters of the struggle against modern practices of neocolonialism, why do you think it is particularly important to draw more attention to the issue nowadays? Well, it is extremely important uh, from the fact that the struggle against colonialism and imperialism was very much assisted by the predecessor of the Russian Federation, that is the Soviet Union. We in Africa in general, in Southern Africa in particular, were very much assisted by the then Soviet Union in the struggle against colonialism itself and imperialism itself. Now it is very, very encouraging to be here in Moscow today as a follow-up of the struggle against colonialism and imperialism. Because the colonialists and imperialists have now changed their strategies by uh, adopting much more subtle ways of domination through neo-colonialism and neo-imperialism, whereby the colonial powers have retreated physically, but continue to dominate and dictate and manipulate the development processes or lack thereof in most of the developing countries. So to have the Russian Federation through the United Russia Party organized this international forum for all those who support the struggle 
against neo-colonialism and the neo-imperialism is a very, very heartwarming experience. In spite of the cold, but definitely it is a forum which uh, has a great future because the former colonial masters they are working day and night to continue, to want to continue to dominate and determine the development path of most developing countries. Thank you, comrade. For a moment there, you mentioned how neocolonialism manifests itself today. Perhaps you can elaborate on that a bit for our listeners and explain the ways in which we can counteract such policies. The uh, neocolonial powers continue to want to dominate the economies of the developing countries to make sure that developing countries do not industrialize so that they continue to be producers of raw materials which are then exported to the imperialist countries who then process them into finished goods which come back to the developing countries as finished products at a very, very high price. Rarely do you find the Western powers wanting to create capacity for industrialization in the developing countries. They want to create dependency syndromes where developing countries continue to be dependent on the Western powers for all the essential uh, uh, equipment which are required for any uh, industrial development. And it is through the economic and uh, industrial manipulation that is carried out by the Western powers where the developing countries find themselves very much at a disadvantage, where uh, any assistance that is given is the kind of assistance which creates dependency, a dependency syndrome, rather than setting up the individual countries for independent uh, development of their own resources. Now, look, according to many uh, analysts, the geopolitical center of the world is now shifting towards the countries of the global south. In your opinion, which international platforms contribute to amplifying the voice of these countries of the global south? There has been a very healthy development in the creation of the BRICS group of countries, uh, which has clearly created a new uh, you know, center, uh, an alternative center you know, for the pooling of resources of developing countries, whether it be technological, economic, financial, uh, in order you know, to a situation, challenge you know, the dominance of uh, the Western powers in both the industrial and the economic sphere. And it is very, very encouraging that uh, the BRICS groups of countries have agreed to open up the membership of that grouping so that other countries and have now joined already and others are in the process of joining. And we are confident that this will provide a very, very viable a platform at which uh, developing countries can be able to mutually assist one another in terms of uh, uh, value addition of their resources 
rather than simply sending the, them away in their raw form at very, very low prices and only to get them back as finished products at very, very high prices. Well, now that you mentioned BRICS, considering the initiatives and the steps that this bloc has already taken, how could this platform help African nations in their struggle with neocolonialism? It is extremely helpful uh, to have this uh, alternative center, you know, where we can be able, you know, to carry out, uh, you know, trade, to carry out uh, the transfer of technology uh, in a manner which is much more equitable, in a manner which is much more affordable, uh, in a manner which is a you know uh, uh, you know win-win situation, rather than the current situation where Western investors have this idea of investor takeoff. All right, thank you. Look, you were speaking about Western countries imposing dependency on African states, right? And this year, Russia is assuming the chairmanship of BRICS in the extended format. How can this bloc help promote initiatives to decrease dependency of the world and African countries in particular on the United States dollar? There is also talk of creating an alternative currency among the members of the BRICS group. And that will definitely, definitely, considerably weaken the strength of the United States dollar, which currently dominates economic transaction and thereby enable the Americans and their allies to manipulate you know, situations in the global market. Now, if the idea of an alternative currency uh, is successful, which we hope will be successful, then definitely we will all, as developing countries, have a fair stake within that you know, currency and that uh, the uh, 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 level trading field. The trading field will be leveled up and be able uh, to benefit each and every one of us according to the resources that we have at our disposal. Okay, thank you very much, comrade. Finally, my last question. According to one of the statements made by Vladimir Putin, today's financial system is designed to serve the so-called golden billion. So what changes then are needed to make this system a guaranteed development for all, not just the Western countries? What is most important is uh, to democratize the trading arrangements, to democratize the decision-making process, and to be able to operate in a fairer system. And we believe that in the same way that uh, you know countries like the Soviet Union, uh, who is now the Russian Federation, uh, China, uh, India, and so on, who assisted us in our liberation struggle from colonialism itself will certainly not become uh, our oppressors because they are the midwives of our freedom and independence. Thank you very much. Now, moving further south from Zimbabwe into South Africa, we focus on Dr. Alex Mashilo, 
South Africa's Communist Party Central Committee member and national spokesperson to get his take on the event's main theme, resistance against neocolonialism. Dr. Mashilo, thank you for joining the Afroverted podcast today. Despite colonialism being a relic of the past, why do you think is it still crucial to pay attention to neocolonialist trends today? At all times, we have to understand society and study the relations between the oppressors and the oppressed. Neocolonialism is the dominant agenda driven by imperialist powers. And these powers are the modern oppressors. Now, we come from the history of liberation struggles. The struggle has to continue until we have overthrown all forms of domination and oppression and exploitation, including neocolonialism and imperialism. All right. Tell us a bit about your experience at that forum. And what are your expectations for the result of this event? How will this impact the delegations that have been present? We expect uh, a powerful way forward. We expect, we expect uh, an alternative world movement that will consolidate as time advances and becomes a powerful counter-hegemonic force against neo-colonial and imperialist forces in order for us to set humanity free from all forms of oppression and exploitation. So far, I have attended two sessions. One was looking at uh, finance, and I was interested in alternative currency and international payment systems. It is an important thing. The one I just attended now focus on uh, the destructive effects of neocolonial practices in the spheres of information, as well as uh, humanitarian uh, centers like education, art, culture, medicine, and so on. So at that uh, session, we discussed quite a number of issues. But what is important, and I would like to stress this, is for us to build a world movement of technological sovereignty, both hardware and software. Dr. Mashilo, thank you. Tell me, in what ways does neocolonialism manifest itself today, in your opinion, and how can we counteract these practices? Neocolonialism manifests itself in many, many, many ways. In the information and media space, there are internet search engines. So these internet search engines manipulate internet search entry results. For example, they will deprive you of access to original sources of information, such as what Russia is saying. And when you do an internet search engine, depending on the territory you are doing that from, the results you will receive are predominantly Western European and American internet search engine results. What do those results do? They push an imperialist agenda and want you to believe it. So unless you go an extra mile to seek information from the original sources and to hear the other side of the story, these internet search engines are so built that they push the neocolonial agenda. And we need to be very careful about that. We need an alternative that sets the media free from manipulations such as that one. Thank you very much, sir. Look, according to numerous analytics, the geopolitical center of the world is now shifting away from the West towards the global South. What platforms do you think could 
contribute to amplifying the voice of these of, of this new uh, geopolitical center? The shift that is taking place is not uncontested. It is severely contested. And those who contest it, mainly from Western Europe and North America, actually do not want it to take place because they want to conserve their hegemony. Remember, they achieved development by underdeveloping global South countries, and they wouldn't let go of the forms of oppression and exploitation that they depend on, including the exploitation of labor, the exploitation of raw materials from the global South. They cannot imagine themselves without these raw materials. They are coming with all sorts of regulations and all sorts of barriers to maintain their hold on global South resources. Now, it is going to be a struggle. It has to be continued, intensified until we achieve and defend the goal of freedom for the humanity. All right. And what about BRICS? How well do you think BRICS would fit into this role? The, the BRICS countries have taken an important step, but there is an opposition to BRICS. At the last BRICS summit held in South Africa in 2023, BRICS, the BRICS group was expanded to include countries such as Argentina. So because of imperialist contestation of other countries, new results have emerged from Argentina, giving that country an, a government that sides with imperialist forces. And the first step, the new elected president of that country did was to withdraw Argentina from the BRICS. So you can see, and that he didn't do out of his own mind. He did it because of the contestation that the imperialist Western Europe and North America are waging against the success of BRICS. So we will have to work very hard to achieve, for there is no freedom without struggle. And what are your expectations for Russia's chairmanship of the BRICS group for this year? And in addition, how do you think can this platform be able to promote an initiative to decrease dependency of the global economy on the United States dollar and Western financial institutions? We need uh, the implementation of the important resolutions adopted by BRICS. I cannot overemphasize the importance of building an alternative international interbank and interstate payment system independently of the SWIFT and any other mechanism owned and controlled in the United States of America. We must be able to trade independently of the currencies controlled by Western Europe, the United Kingdom, and the United States. We need to transform the financial sector globally to serve the needs of development, and development is about the people. And in the global south, we are still living under conditions of underdevelopment caused by centuries of colonization and neocolonial domination and exploitation. We have to do away with that. Dr. Mashila, thank you. During one of uh, Vladimir Putin's conferences, he said that today's financial system is designed to support the quote-unquote golden billion. What changes do you think are necessary to make sure that the global system guarantees development not only for Western states, but for all? We can strive to transform the system, but at the same time, we have an alternative to build a new independent system.
we need to push both the strappers to try and transform the system as it exists into something better. But at the same time, we need to try all our efforts to build a new system so that if transformation does not succeed, we will make advances in building a new system independently of the powers that seek to make a living by exploiting others. All right, Dr. Mashilo, my final question for you. Um, since we're on the topic of different forms of neocolonialism, one of them, one could say, is the attempt at involving itself in the internal affairs of sovereign states, right? And in this light, what do you think about the United States exerting political and economic pressure on South Africa over its genocide lawsuit filed against Israel with the International Court of Justice earlier this year? There are two things that the United States did. In 2023, the United States ambassador to South Africa convened a press conference in South Africa to accuse South Africa of supporting Russia with arms in the context of the war that was provoked, in our view, as the SACP by the expansion of NATO eastwards aimed at Russia. That caused problems in the economy of South Africa. Among others, it resulted in the depreciation of our national currency. That was part of the manipulations to exert pressure on South Africa to abandon instance on Ukraine for a peaceful and diplomatical resolution of that conflict. And for no global region to extend its uh, domination or exercise its rule of another global region. We want the free world. And secondly, South Africa took an important step by referring the genocide of Israel on the Palestinians to the International Court of Justice. The International Court of Justice was created, among others, for cases such as this one. What democratic people are these ones from the United States and Western Europe who oppose South Africa approaching what should be an independent court to make its own mind. So interference in domestic affairs from the United States takes place in various ways. There are United States national laws whose applications extend to other countries. We are opposed to that imperialist offensive and we will not relent in our efforts to achieve and secure our freedom. We come from far away in the struggle for national liberation. We will not allow the United States to extend its domination upon us over our dead bodies. Dr. Alex Mashilo, it was a pleasure having you on the Afroverted Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Dear listeners, now I've got something special coming up just for you. Uh, a short commentary from His Excellency Ambassador Yusuf Maitama Tugar, Nigeria's Minister of Foreign Affairs, on his plans to visit Russia. Let's find out what is on his agenda and what could potentially happen between Russia and Nigeria in the sphere of energy. We've been uh, trying to follow up as much as we can. As a matter of fact, I have a trip scheduled to uh, Moscow. Should be, uh, I believe it's uh, next month to meet with uh, Minister Lavrov. I'm likely to go there with uh, the head of our atomic uh, energy agency. So we're talking about uh, atomic energy. We also hope to see that uh, Russia uh, works with Nigeria in resolving our, some of our regional problems. Some of the countries that uh, are claiming to have left 
Airports, for instance, are looking to Russia for help. They're looking to Russia for support. We hope that we're not saying Russia should not help them, but Russia should also be mindful of certain security uh, concerns, certain issues to do with peace and tranquility in our region. So we hope that Russia works with Nigeria, which is the largest country in West Africa, to resolve some of these issues. We are concerned about some of the overtures that uh, they're making to Russia, and we hope that uh, Russia, because the, uh, the relationship between Nigeria and Russia is paramount, it's most important. I think it will form uh, the bulwark also for the relationship of others in the region to Russia. We partners for a very long time. We treasure the relationship with Russia. Russia helped us during our civil war, and we appreciate that. That was during the Soviet era. So the Soviet Union supported us when nobody else wanted to support us. So we're very mindful of that. We're aware of that. Now, as we conclude this conversation with the For Freedom of Nations forum participants, it's clear that the fight against neocolonialism is far from over. But the voices you've heard today offer a beacon of hope, a testament of the unwavering spirit of resistance that burns bright across the globe. The insights shared by the national spokesperson of the South African Communist Party and the ZANU-PF Secretary for Foreign Relations provide invaluable tools for navigating this complex landscape. By recognizing the insidious tactics of neocolonialism, understanding its impact and fostering solidarity amongst nations, we can begin to dismantle its hold. Thank you once again to our esteemed guests for sharing their wisdom and courage. Remember to visit the Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account and other socials for more interesting content. To backtrack on other episodes, check AfroVerdict out on other podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, AfriPods, CastBox and Podcast Addict. Stay on top of news on the continent and around the globe. Make sure to check out the Sputnik Africa website and stay tuned for updates. That's that for today's episode, everyone. This is your host, Victor Anakin, signing off. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you next week. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.